Plain Spoken, Episode 3. Welcome back to Plain Spoken, the podcast where we talk about the issues of life from the perspective of how to live more quietly and with greater focus on what truly matters. My name is Dean Abbott, and I'm the host of this program. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com backslash Dean Abbott, or you can email me at dean at deanabbott.com. I'd also appreciate it if you'd consider supporting the show on Patreon. In each of these episodes, I try to bring you some ideas and insights to help us all achieve the goal of living more quietly. This time, I want to talk about purpose and uh, having a sense of purpose and its role in building a quieter life. I want to start with a story. At one point in my 20s, I became really good at Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Zombies Ate My Neighbors was a video game made for the Nintendo 64. And I'm, it's been long enough that I'm not sure I remember what the narrative of the story is supposed to be, but essentially you play a little figure, a little character who has lots of different ways of killing zombies who have taken over your neighborhood and eaten your neighbors, I guess. And I played this game extensively uh, for uh, about a year, probably when I was, I'm going to guess, 24, 25. I was working in uh, in another town, probably an hour or so, not quite an hour from where I lived, and I would go to work, come home, and play Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Looking back, as much fun as that was, it was a mistake. It was a mistake to spend all that time playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Now, it was a mistake, obviously, because there were other things I could have been doing with that time. And it might seem like that uh, playing that video game all the time was making me feel purposeless. But in fact, it was a sign of a deeper feeling of purposelessness that I'd struggled with for a long time. I mentioned in a previous episode that I struggled, uh, especially in my earlier life, with intense anxiety. And part of that is having a feeling of purposelessness and not having a central purpose in your life around which to organize your your activities and into which you can put your focus. And so without that, your energy sort of dissipates and becomes, at least in my case, a kind of generalized anxiety. So I was plagued, as I said, with this sense of purposelessness. And I I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And many people are like this, and you see it everywhere. One of the reasons that our culture has become so materialistic and so consumeristic is because 
people don't have much of a sense of any inner drive to achieve a specific purpose with their lives. And so they fill that void, of course, through purchasing, you know, the new iPhone, whatever it is. This is all part of the cultural script. And so our cultural script, as I think I mentioned last time, involves going through life, especially beginning as a young child, going to school, jumping over hurdles, jumping through hoops to ultimately enable you to end up in a position culturally where you have the maximum purchasing power that you are capable of achieving. Well, achieving maximum purchasing power is not, in fact, an inspiring purpose for most people. And so what we would get is we get a culture full of people who are, on the surface, maybe enchanted with their trinkets, but underneath are in great despair, and a kind of despair that they almost can't talk about because they have been following the life script that their culture has given them, and it's ended them up in a place where they don't see meaning in anything. They don't have a purpose for anything. They certainly don't have a purpose for their life. Well, that was the case 20 years ago when I was in my 20s, too. And I was, I don't know if I was unique in this way or not, but the, the reality was that for me, I could see what I was being handed as part of that cultural script. I could see that I was supposed to be finding some way to maximize my purchasing power. And I knew that that could not be right. I knew that there had to be something more to life than that, and I knew that I was meant for something more than just living out my life, working a job whose whole point was to pay bills and buy things. And I didn't know what that was, and so I was caught in a very difficult position between the only real script that I had and my inner sense that that was false, that that was, the, that that was a map pointing in the wrong direction. I think there are lots of people in that same position, and so my talk today, I'm hoping is something that would give you some clarity on how you might go about remedying uh, a sense of purposelessness that you might feel. Well, first, let's talk about what a sense of purposelessness looks like. Now, I gave you the example of my sitting around playing video games, and that, of course, plays into a kind of cultural stereotype of the young guy in his 20s who lives in his parents' basement, barely works, and just plays video games all day, has no social contact, has no girlfriend, whatever. That's a cultural stereotype, and in part it's a cultural stereotype because there are lots of guys like that. But purposelessness does not always look like that. Sometimes purposelessness looks like success. Purposeless 
people put an emphasis on externals. So it's, they're like a church who's lost all spiritual conviction, who's lost all theological meaning, who doesn't, whose members have ceased to believe anything. And so they want to put the emphasis on taking care of the building. How good does the building look? How professional is our music? Uh, what color are our vestments? What's the quality of cloth that the vestments are made out of? There, when we have a loss of purpose at our core, the external details become amplified in importance. Sometimes purposelessness looks like unbending loyalty to bureaucracy or to an obsession with following rules or getting ahead. Often people who are very successful in a field, whatever field that is, are so successful because their work is a way of avoiding their purposelessness. So instead of confronting themselves, instead of looking at what it is that's really at their core and what they really ought to be doing, what they feel like they're really made for, they, they might avoid that through a kind of obsessive working, right? a kind of workaholism that just masks their purposelessness. So don't think that if you are that guy sitting in your basement playing video games that somehow you are unique in our culture or that you have a kind of problem that nobody else has. It's just that you are expressing that in a particular way that currently is our cultural stereotype. So purposelessness, it should also be noted, can also look like fun. It can look like hedonism. It can look like the pursuit of pleasure, the desire to feel good because there is no solid sense of purpose. So people who are at their core, empty, purposeless, lost, what else do they have? Well, they have work and money, and so they also then have pleasure, and that's Really the only escape they have from, perhaps from their work. And uh, it's, so you hear this a lot. You hear, oh wow, it's, uh, I've worked hard all week and now I need to blow off some steam. This is the, the spring break justification, right? So um, we've worked really hard at the University of North Carolina or the University of Arizona or Indiana State or, or wherever it is for the last 16 weeks. And it's been so stressful that now we need to go to Florida and really pursue a hedonistic lifestyle because that's so much less stressful, right? As if, uh, as if hedonism doesn't cause stress. So that's, it's the spring break model of living uh, where we give ourselves intensely to purposeless work, and then we take a break from that to give ourselves intensely to purposeless pleasure and hedonism. So no ultimate goal gives everything else, which gives everything else meaning and by which no which decisions can be made. Don't have that. So it looks purposelessness looks like consumerism, workaholism, hedonism in our culture. 
So the question is, if you are caught up in that kind of purposelessness, that's a difficult word to say, what do you do? Well, I think I have two or three suggestions. First, I think you do not start by trying to figure out what to do with your life. Your life, wherever you are in it, is an abstraction. It's something that exists in your mind as an image or as an idea rather than as an actual concrete moment. Your, of course, your life unfolds in a series of moments, but what is concrete to you is only ever the moment that you are in. So I suggest that if you are feeling purposeless, that you pursue not trying to figure out what to do with your life, but trying to figure out what to do in a shorter amount of time, a, and a shorter amount of time that will be more concrete and, un, and in which you can take concrete action. So, for example, if you're that guy sitting in a basement playing video games, rather than saying, oh, I can't figure out what to do with my life, why don't you just figure out what to do with the next month? Instead of focusing on your life and how confused you are about it, focus on what you're going to do in the next four weeks to improve your situation. So there might be specific things you need to do to improve your life in concrete ways. So Jordan Peterson famously tells people to clean their room, make your bed. You might need to do that. But in that same period of time, you could say, I'm going to play my video game less, and in the next month, I don't know what I want to do for my life, but I know that in the next month, I'm just going to work on my guitar skills. Or you could go online and improve your graphic design skills, or you could learn to cook. Whatever it is, the worst that's going to happen to you is that you're going to come out at the end of a month with improved skills in some area. Two additional things will happen. First, if you do this again and again, a month at a time, trying new things, you will eventually find something that you have an affinity with, something that you really enjoy and something that you're good at. And it's something that you want to keep doing when the month is over. So keep doing them and get better and better and see what doors open. Because the goal here is not for you to figure out what to do with your life. The goal is for you to go on a journey. And that journey is the journey of following your interests and your gifts, and your skills where they might lead. So, rather than trying to figure out what to do with this big abstract thing called your life, start where you are, give it a few weeks, and start experimenting with new activities, developing your skills in different areas, and see what you actually find that you like. So, As you do that, of course, the next thing that's going to happen is that you will begin to see ways that your new skills 
could serve others. And that opens two important doors. First of all, it opens a door to somehow maybe you getting paid. So that's what everyone wants, of course, right? You want to get a job. You want to have some means of supporting yourself. This is not, of course, an endorsement of the consumerist culture that I was just criticizing. But you do, of course, want to be financially stable in order to be able to provide for yourself. And you want to do that in a way that you can actually enjoy. And this process of trying new areas, trying new things in life, and developing your skills in new areas, that's a way for you to see who you are, to pursue differing opportunities until one of them actually becomes something that you can use to generate financial income. But more importantly, as you do this, what will happen is that you will see ways not that your skills can not just bring you financial rewards, but that they will be able to elevate and serve others in really important ways. You might not believe that, but there is in you latent, maybe, Maybe it's down there, maybe it's dormant, maybe it needs to be woken up and brought forward. But there is in you a unique set of perspectives and skills and drives and desires that, if brought to maturity, could be a great help to people who have other problems that you don't have, who are suffering. And you could be the person through your skills who helps in some way to relieve that suffering or to solve their problem. And as you start to see that happening, and as you start to be able to see the needs of others and to see specifically how your skills apply to those needs, what will happen is that you'll begin to be moved to action on their behalf And you'll use your skills for their good, and that will create connections for you. You will be connected to people. You will begin to see yourself as as valuable because you're the kind of person who can solve other people's problems, and you can elevate people and enhance their quality of life and relieve their suffering. You can do that. And as you do that, you will have a feeling of satisfaction that lets you know, yes, now you are living with an increased sense of purpose. That will be your sign that you are on the right track. Second, I think you've got to realize that culturally we've lost the thread. Our culture no longer has any sense of what the point of being human is. So you're not going to be able to rely on most of what you've been taught at school, most of what you see in the media, most of what your friends think, none of that is really going probably to help you at this level of seeking to know who you are and what you ought to be doing. If you look around, you'll see what I mean. Consistently, the best we are offered culturally is the idea that our purpose is to be as comfortable and entertained as possible until we die. That is not your purpose. 
the purpose of your life, of my life, of our lives, is to build our souls and ultimately to enjoy union with the invisible and transcendent. To do this, you have to prioritize your emotional and spiritual growth over everything else. That means you have to face your fears. You have to confront the damage that you've suffered, both from uh, perhaps other people who mistreated you and the damage you've inflicted on yourself. You have to resolve the questions that haunt you. That sense of purposelessness that I felt, and probably the one that you feel, stemmed not from the fact that I didn't have a purpose or that you don't have a purpose, but from the fact that we all have been cut off from ourselves. We're all alienated from ourselves by trauma, by our own denial, by distraction, by just the very nature of the world. And so because we're alienated from ourselves in that way, we really can't access or even accept the things that we know we are are meant to do to fulfill any purpose that we have. So how do you get past that situation? Well, the best way to get past it is through silence, I think. I once heard James Altucher say to someone or write to someone who was depressed and say, if you're depressed, the best thing you can do is sit in silence for an hour a day. And if the person says, I'm too depressed to sit in silence an hour a day, he said, I tell them to sit in silence two hours a day. Now that might seem flippant as a way of responding to a depressed person, but there's a really important point he's making. And that is that silence and contemplation allow for those things inside of you, those fears, those false beliefs, those resentments that you are carrying, silence and contemplation allows for those to surface when you've given up distraction. And once those surface, you will see them as the things that are blocking your knowledge about your purpose. So one way to think of it is that you have a feeling of purpose, you have a sense of your purpose, but maybe you can't see it because there's too much junk in the way. So just like you got to sometimes get up and clean your room, you got to clean that inner room too. And you got to get rid of the things that are blocking your ability to access your own self-knowledge, your own inner sense of who you're supposed to be. And the best way to do that, the best way to begin doing that, is to add silence and contemplation to your life. I should probably do a whole podcast on how to do that and how to learn to tolerate silence. If that sounds like uh, something you'd like me to talk about, please just let me know. Like I said, you can send me a direct message on Twitter, or you can email me, dean at deanabbott.com. I want to talk about one thing in particular, one experience or one inner trial that gets in the way 
of our understanding our purpose. I want to just talk for a moment about shame. And specifically because I think many of us feel shame about what we like, feel shame about what it is that we really want to be doing. Maybe we feel embarrassed or ashamed because we want to do whatever it is, but we feel like we might not be good enough to do that, or that those things that we really want to do are for special people, not people not like me or not like us. Or that there might be some reason that we're drawn to a particular activity or field or to aesthetic even, right? To a certain kind of artistic presentation, uh, the way things look. And we might feel embarrassed about being drawn to those things. So, I'll tell you a story. Lately, I have been looking at more magazines, paper magazines, than I have ever, maybe I've ever done before, but more than I have in a long time. And I, the other day, I picked up a, an issue of a magazine called Country Woman. Now, you might not be surprised to learn that I do not fall precisely within the target audience of Country Woman magazine. But I love it. I don't know why exactly. There's just something about it that I really find uh, endearing. Uh, it's, it's mostly reader-written, so you get uh, readers writing in with their stories about, uh, trying to remember some of the things I've read, a story about remodeling their home and w- what that was like because they had to change the design of their home from the way that it used to be when their kids were small. You might get someone writing in about memories of baking pies with her grandmother. I love all that. I love the beautiful images in that magazine. And I don't know what that means exactly for me, but I know that my interest in that stuff, my attraction to that aesthetic, to that kind of content, is an important piece of information for me about who I am and where I ought to be going. And so... You've got to be sensitive to that, even if it's outside of the kind of thing that you are supposed to be interested in, okay? So I could be kind of embarrassed about liking Country Woman magazine, but it doesn't matter. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but the point is that my interest in that kind of thing is assigned to me. And that brings me to the third thing I want to say that you've got to begin, if you want to get over a sense of purposelessness, you have to not only be sensitive to what those things are inside of you that are blocking your understanding of who you are and where you're supposed to be going, you've got to be sensitive to the signposts outside of yourself. So, And you've got to be sensitive to those even if they are things that you think aren't embarrassing or that you are not supposed to like or whatever. 
So you have to pay attention to the things that make you feel good, that excite you, that basically things that you like. Many of us stay away from things that we like for all kinds of reasons. And of course, staying away from the things we like makes us less happy, less fulfilled, and less willing to live quietly. In order to start being sensitive to the things that you like, to the things that are calling to you outside of yourself, you really need to learn to distinguish between a kind of shallow, maybe self-centered pleasure and the things that really deeply nurture and move your soul. Okay, so you might really like cigarettes. You might like pornography, whatever it is, okay? But your purpose in life is not to consume cigarettes and pornography. And you know that. You know the difference between shallow pleasures and deep pleasures. One of the important differences is that Deep pleasures satisfy, and the memory of engaging them lasts, and they lift you up and build you up. Whereas shallow pleasures simply pause your cravings. And you, you, know, you smoke one cigarette, two hours later you want another one. And they don't provide lasting, deep satisfaction in that way that you're looking for. In life. So do these three things if you are struggling with purposelessness. One, it is to try new skills, build your skills in different areas. Two, realize that culturally we've lost our thread. You're not going to be able to rely on your culture. And so you have to look inward and To do that, you need to add some silence to your life. And third, pay attention to the signposts that are outside of you. Do these things, and I think you will find that your sense of purpose goes up. Please uh, feel free to get back to me and let me know if you do those things and how they work out for you. As I said, you can find me on Twitter or email me at dean at deanabbott.com. And of course, this is not an exhaustive discussion of the sense of purposelessness, but I do hope that these are a few thoughts that will help move you down the road toward something better and toward a freer and quieter life. So once again, I invite your response. Next episode, I will be doing a Q&A, so I will be looking for questions. If you have questions, you can use either of those methods to get a a hold of me and get to submit your question that I, or uh, if you look at the anchor page for this podcast, you will see a little button there. It says send a voice message. So I would actually prefer these questions to come by voice message. I can actually play them in the show and then respond to you. Thank you again for listening. I'll talk to you next time on Plain Spoken. Until then, take care and I hope this helps.